I'm ready. Hello, and... <laughs> no, no, this is exactly why I banned you from doing it last time, Nick. <sighs> okay. I'm Hello. leaving that in, by the way. <laughs> and that. So everything you do now is going in the cold open. Okay, fine. I can do this. <laughs> hello and uh, hello and welcome to another episode of an unqualified guide to the good Are life. you trying to do my voice? Is my that what you're name, doing right now? My Nick, please. My name is Adam. Uh, oh shit, wait, I just realized something. <laughs> what? Since I named myself Rex, people are going to see that. <laughs> I should have thought about that. Yeah, carefully. should have thought about that. Do you want to change your name now, live on the recording? No. This is all going in, no. by the way. <laughs> let's start again. Okay, <laughs> let's do it from now. Boom. Change your name on Zoom. Adam. What? Hello, and welcome to another episode of An Unqualified Guide to the Good Life. My name is Rex. With me, as always, is my trusty sidekick, Adam Adam Johnson, the A-Train, the man, the myth. Wow, there's, a, there's only two categories. But Adam, how are you today? I'm okay. Um, Nick, you see, the thing about referring to yourself as Rex is that most of our audience don't watch our YouTube show. So they have no idea what you're talking about when you say your name is Rex. Dear listener, for those of you who might be unaware, Nick has changed his name on Zoom to say Rex for some reason. You probably wouldn't notice even if you were watching the YouTube video because it's in a tiny box in the corner. But yeah, Nick, I'm fine. I've had quite a day, but it's all good. I'm doing one of my favorite things, which is recording this podcast with you. I don't know why it's one of my favorite things because it is infuriating, but <laughs> none nonetheless. It's, it's one of your favorite things despite me being here. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's something that you learn to overlook. Well... <laughs> You know, if you if you have been uh, listening um, to this show or watching this show indeed for a while, God help you, I don't know why, but um, here we are. <laughs> and um, you'll notice that normally Adam does the introductions. But the reason why I had the pleasure of introducing the both of us uh, is that, um, well, this is in, in effect a callback to one of our earlier episodes, season mm -hmm. one, episode nine, Magic Sitting Sessions, as Adam indeed. dubbed his early failed attempts at meditation and um given that we are uh working through season three on the mind we thought we would uh, revisit this particular topic and um add a few things to it yeah absolutely and it was also in that um episode that i i expressly forbade nick from ever doing the introduction again um and i i hope i it's been shown that i was vindicated <laughs> in making that proclamation during episode nine um I don't know what episode this is. Probably like 36. But as we number it by season, no idea. So yeah, that's tell. Um, well, there were 18 episodes in the first season and there were 12 in the second. And then there was a special. And now we're on the third. So it's impossible. It's anyone's guess, really. <laughs> <laughs> um, but anyway, in case you, uh, you know, haven't heard that episode, famous episode, uh, <laughs> our, 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 the episode that brought us to fame, really. It, that, that's what... Um, I mean, that's so far from the truth. It might be our least listened to episode. I can check those stats live. Please don't check the stats live. <laughs> don't do that to either of us. Anyways, 
Um, in order to sum up uh, what we said on meditation, because maybe you don't want to go back there and listen, um, but I'm going to try and entice you to, or maybe you have already heard it and have forgotten everything and have no wish to be reminded, but I'm going to remind you. And the reason I'm <laughs> going to do that is because we're going to try and build on some of those concepts, or maybe not. We're going to ignore them entirely, and probably that's because we've already talked about them. So last time we discussed meditation, season one, episode nine, Magic Sitting Sessions, we covered really three topics. The first yeah. of which was our personal history of meditation, uh, which was referenced in the title, which involved, um, well, both of us being initiated to meditation um, at, at different times and, and Adam sort of just sitting there for a while and um, me using Headspace <laughs> and then Adam also using Headspace. <laughs> and then we discussed yeah. uh, the value of mindfulness as um, a notion, as a kind of disposition uh, rather than a practice necessarily and meditation as a means by which to build the skill of mindfulness and adam actually used the metaphor of meditation as the workout um yes. you know and and then mindfulness is sort of the benefits you reap from that walking around just being like buff and shit and uh mentally buff <laughs> mentally buff yeah and and um, you can think such thoughts and then finally we debated whether or not there was a, a kind of a toxic culture around uh, whether meditation and this kind of notion of mindfulness and this kind of unlocking your inner happiness uh, and that having no bearing really on the circumstances of your reality, but rather how you react to them entirely, whether that had any kind of uh, toxicity to it or not. Mm -hmm. um, if you want to hear our thoughts on any of those three subjects, well, feel free to go and back and, and, and revisit our earlier episode. But uh, on to greener pastures. Uh, this, is the, this is also an exciting moment for us because it's the first time that we're explicitly covering the same topic, but from a slightly different angle. So, you And know. with slightly better equipment as well. Yes, yes. Slightly less imaginative, but better prepared. <laughs> we're covering old ground. Uh, well, you, it means we can go over it with a fine-toothed comb and indeed investigate some of the... Um, the wackier sides of medicine. Not wackier. I wish I hadn't said wackier. That's in the <laughs> podcast now. Some perhaps more niche areas of meditation. It's really hit and miss, isn't do. it? Sometimes I feel like we're just flowing and sometimes it's just... <laughs> we just stumble <laughs> through an episode. It's unbelievable. Unbelievable. Um, but yeah, we, we, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to tell you what I'm going to talk about, Nick. And I'm going to start with a quote that's going to set it up nicely. Knock it out of the park. Nick, here's the quote. Are you ready? <laughs> I am ready, but I just realized. <coughs> oh. Sorry, if you want to finish choking on the water that you are drinking, don't let me, Sorry. don't let me interrupt you. I just, whilst I was drinking, I had a panic attack because I forgot that we were being filmed. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Here we are. <laughs> people can see you drink water. It's fine. Yeah, Something people fine, do. But for some reason that stressed me and then I choked, which made it much worse. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, here we are. <laughs> okay. Here's the quote. <clears throat> Ask yourself, have I ever experienced the wonders of life? Meditate about it. Meditation helps your spirit bloom like a beautiful flower. The experience can be beautiful and great. Poetry is the language of the soul. So listen, life is like a dewdrop life is like a dewdrop on a grass leaf. When it slips away, it's gone forever. And that quote is from Wim Hof in his book Becoming the Iceman. Awesome. Beautiful quote. Now, is the whole book written in that tone? I have no idea. I haven't read Becoming the Iceman, but um, <laughs> cool. That's all I wanted to hear. Well, thanks for thank <laughs> thanks for that, Nick. Uh, but yeah, Sorry. 
The Coming Life Man, Wim Hof. Um, Wim Hof, Nick, I know you know who he is because you recommended that I look into him today. Yeah. But for our listeners who maybe haven't heard of Wim Hof, uh, he is a an extreme athlete. Um, he's he's mm. Dutch in, in origin, and he's best known for his ability to withstand extreme temperatures. Let me just let me just rattle off some of the the records that Wim Hof um, holds and has broken. Wim Hof holds the world record for furthest distance swum under ice. He holds the world record for the fastest barefoot marathon on snow and ice. He climbed to 7,200 meters on Everest wearing only shorts and shoes and only turned around because of a, an old knee injury that resurfaced. Um, he ran a full marathon. Yeah, yeah, I guess that, I guess so. But not really the point of this particular one. Uh, whether it's 7,200 or 8,800 is, it sort of becomes less relevant at that yeah, point. Yeah, um, he ran a full marathon in the Namibian desert without water. That was under medical supervision. And he has set the world record for longest direct full body contact with ice 16 times. Some of that times was breaking his own previous record. Sometimes it was taking it back off people who had taken it off of him. <laughs> that must be tiring. Here I yeah. go for the 16th time trying to reclaim my record. <laughs> Will these bastards yep. not leave me alone? Another few hours just sitting in some ice cubes. Um, and now... Wim Hofnick, as, as you may have guessed by the topic of this episode being meditation, he attributes these successes to what he calls the Wim Hof Method, which is a mixture of meditation, breathing techniques, and cold therapy. Um, and he's actually released this as, as an app, um, meditation app. It's got breathing techniques, breathing exercises built in. Uh, I tried some of these exercises, um, and it's, it's really weird, the breathing exercises. Yeah, is, You're almost like... It's a tri- It's almost like throwing your breath in and out of yourself. Hmm, that's um, a good way like, to put it. <sighs> um, people on the video loved that, but in podcast, I just made a weird <laughs> sound. Um, it was weird on video as well. Well, it was more uh, dem- demonstrative. No, it was weird. Let's let's move on. Let's move on. Anyway, I when I first heard about this because I've seen Wim Hof, he did something for Vice, he did something for Yes Theory, and he basically seems like a like an eccentric, right? Bit of a nut who can do these sort of crazy things. Bit of a hippie as well who can do these crazy things. Um, and I sort of thought initially, despite my experiences with this this weird breathing technique, that it was it was probably all talk, right? It was most mostly it was probably something to it, but mostly marketing. Um, and and while there there are some exaggerations perhaps in in what Wim Hof says. It, it, he's been studied scientifically, and it's it's amazing. It's cha- It's moving the boundaries of what we thought was scientifically possible. Mm. Like I read an article um, in the Proceedings of the National Academy of Sciences, um, which of course he mentions on his website. And this study talked about how this ca- technique can activate uh, the voluntary activation of the sympathetic nervous system, which is usually innate. We don't usually have any control over it. It sort of happens automatically in response to our environment. And what this paper was trying to find out was they wanted to see if it could be used as a way to lower inflammation. Right. And inflammation is, you know, when, our, when we're sick, um, our tissues become inflamed. <clears throat> fatty, ash, uh, fatty tissue builds up. We feel stiff. We, we're a little bit sort of um, swollen maybe. Um, and this is part of our immune response. And, it, and it's healthy. It's important when we are ill. It's a way our body can fight off infection. But for some people, particularly those with autoimmune diseases, you basically have this inflammation all the time, and that can lead to some really negative health implications, um, it can, particularly things like arthritis, um, stuff like that. 
Um, and yeah, autoimmune diseases and prolonged injuries can lead to that. Um, and we can treat this, but the way we treat it at the moment is with uh, drugs that are A, very expensive, and B, can have some quite nasty side effects. And so they wanted to see if, if sort of meditation could impact uh, this inflammation. And it was thought to be impossible until the Wim Hof method. Wow. So this study, what this study found out, and you sort of hear about this anecdotally from people who are really into meditation, like that famous um, photograph of uh, Thich Quan Duc, who self-immolated in uh, Saigon. And you, you might have seen the picture of the monk meditating whilst on fire in the middle yeah. of a busy street in Saigon. Um, so, so you hear about that sort of thing, but it's never really been studied before. And yeah, they found that we the get an assistant like Joe Rogan, someone could just pull that up on the screen. That'd be cool. <laughs> we don't have the budget I wonder for it. But... If we don't have the budget for it. I wonder if that would work over Zoom as well. But if um, yeah. if I anyone don't give away our trade secrets, Adam, this isn't Zoom. This is a professional recording platform on which we on which we deliver <laughs> long form video stories to you. Ooh, <laughs> and everything was just said. Ooh, technology. <laughs> technology we can probably get an algorithm to it for us siri bring up this image um no so yeah it basically found that it it, it can lower inflammation in the people studied um they they sort of they believe that the way it works these researchers um they think that it's mostly to do with the breathing technique and the hyperventilation that causes um causes the body to release epinephrine um, adrenaline, which has anti-inflammatory properties. And so, yeah, inflammation was shown to, to lower an individual who practiced t- this technique. Um, and while they identified this as the most likely cause, um, they, they couldn't rule out other aspects of the Wim Hof method, like um, the meditation or indeed sort of um, conditioning the body to cold. They thought that could, that, could, um, right. that could impact it as well. And it's also not clear from this study um, how the duration and, and sort of intensity of your training before going into it impacts this. They've just got some people who who sort of practice the Wim Hof study regularly to um, to be in this right. in this trial. Um, but so it, although it's not at this point, you can't say directly that this will help inflammation for autoimmune diseases. It is a, a fantastic like uh, proof of principle study mm. um, and has some really positive implications for, for using mindfulness and breathing techniques and, uh, and the mind to, to have real positive um, impact on health that was previously studied by drugs. Um, and just before we discuss it, I should say this isn't without its controversies. Some people have apparently died attempting these techniques. Um, so be careful. When you do it, um, don't expect too much too fast. Listen to your body. I should probably say consult a doctor, but it always sounds so false when people say consult a doctor. We're not medical professionals. Has anyone ever consulted a doctor before embarking on something tentatively? I know. They're like, have you seen adverts? Like, before you try any exercise, talk to your doctor. Like, "Mm, well, maybe you should, but my doctor is very busy, especially at the moment. Especially if you live in the UK. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Yeah, anyway, it doesn't matter. Um, but yeah so the point being as you said that um nonetheless it makes no sense to jump aggressively into these things particularly because these um uh, breathing techniques involve um uh, almost bringing yourself to a state of hyperventilation and um and then and then stopping or breathing for a certain amount of time yeah and um and watching what impacts that can have and and obviously you know dependent on how you perform the technique and and how well you adapt and react to it you you know you may find yourself passing out and things like that so 
uh, yeah. it, it's possible. Um, so do do obviously be careful. Um, we're just extending a disclaimer that comes with that content, anyways. But it's worth it's worth saying. Yeah, um, and I, I tried this technique uh, a little bit. I haven't I haven't done done too much of it, but um, I I went for a. I went for a swim on New Year's Day in in a lake that's nearby. Sure. Um, I I know. Well, I only did it once, and there are it is a big community of mostly middle aged women who do it every day. So um, I don't know how much showing off that is, but I I practiced the I was breathing to get technique. Middle aged women. Sorry. Not... <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I do. I mean, if if they want to let me in their secret lake swimming club, I think that would be fascinating. But it would be weird. It would be one of your weirder <laughs> adventures. But anyway, um, chase your but dreams. Yeah, I, <laughs> I tried it before going on this New Year's Day lake swim, um, and there was this lake was a bit big for that. But on a on a pond nearby, there was sort of like floating ice, so it's a cold day, um, and uh, it helped. I think I. Um, didn't stay in very long but i was able to swim around for about 30 seconds i don't know um mm. and you know preparing yourself for the spring technique felt felt uh, if not good then then tolerable and uh, sort of heightened the experience so yeah all that to say um this perhaps extreme form of meditation can have real physiological impact on, on the body mm. but uh that sounds fascinating. I have the app on my phone and have used it a grand total of three times, I think. Um, Good start. Good and it's start. been there for like a year. So it's definitely one of those plans that I've never really put into effect. And I always think that cold showers as well, because that's one thing that he recommends, mm. is uh, something that, you know, would make sense as part of like a fitness routine and stuff. And I do actually use it when I also have access to a sauna because they're right. coming out of like an extreme heat. And uh, and then that's very nice. Obviously, I haven't had access to a sauna in a while now, given that I don't have one at home. But uh, I I definitely would like to try it. It just uh, I think there's so much to be said also for like the mental fortitude of like voluntarily yeah. getting yourself psychologically prepared to get into cold water, whether to go swimming in the wild or just to take a cold shower. Um, and there are moments when a cold shower is actually just a relief more than anything else. But I think, you know, in the dead of winter or like as a way to start yeah. your day it can be a bit of a rude awakening particularly given um the comforts that we're used to in this uh modern society of ours you know um, yeah I, I mean i i've had that thought as well like oh everyone says cold showers are really good to you and especially that you know showing that you can um if, it's like one of one of um one of our early episodes you, you you led with a mark twain quote which said you know if you start your day by eating a frog then that's the mm. most unpleasant thing you have to do that day, right? It's that, that mental fortitude thing of that, but the cold shower is the eating a frog. On the other hand, I, I don't like cold showers. They're <laughs> yeah. not very nice. Like. <laughs> yeah. What if you spend your day without eating a frog? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I don't have to do that. <laughs> <laughs> and well, actually, I think also there is this, this thing of like some of the resilience and endurance that we may have lost, you know, I think it sort of mm. fits within these like trends of like a paleo diet and things like that of like the comforts of modern society have stripped us of certain uh, aspects of fortitude and resilience um, and physical and mental toughness that we had to have in built um, in order to survive the harsh conditions of our environment. And that we now have like ACs and, and you know uh heat heat heaters for so 
Um, I think there's probably something to be said for that. Also, I like the thought of there being something to be said for that because I don't know if um, our listeners are familiar with One Punch Man. But... um, (laughs) I did not think you were going to bring up One Punch Man, but okay. Well, I'll tell you why I'm bringing up One Punch Man. One Punch Man is uh, no, I know why. is uh, is an is an anime character um, who's 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 uh, basically the strongest being on earth, as his name suggests. Defeats all opponents with one punch. Doesn't look like much. Sort of lanky, bald guy whose hair fell out um, after after three years of rigorous training, and everyone wants to know the secret to his superhuman strength. And uh, well, he does. He does 100 push-ups, 100 squats, and um, 100 abs a day. Does a 10 No, it's a 10K run. run. He doesn't do the abs, does he? He does. I was wrong. He does the abs. Sorry. And then he does 100 kilometers. I feel kilometers. like such a fool. Uh, no, 100 kilometers. He does a 10K run. But he says, most importantly, he never puts on the air conditioning, <laughs> either in the summer or, or, or the, the winter, or, or because the it heat, builds yeah, yeah. up mental fortitude. <laughs> so he said, if yeah. you can endure the conditions of nature... And allow your body to um, be comfortable in the cold as it is in the warm. Then there is something to that. Now, granted, this is just a TV character who's largely fictional. No. What do you mean largely fictional? No definite sightings. He's entirely yet. fictional. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, man. I've seen some one-punch people around. But anyway. in the final episode of season one, he got punched so hard he landed on the moon. <laughs> I think he's entirely fictional. <laughs> okay, well, Adam, there might be children listening who, you know, <laughs> don't know that Santa Claus doesn't exist yet. Well, what? now they do. Now they what do. Is it? What? What's that? <laughs> also, before I forget, um, yeah. and I'm not entertaining this ridiculous notion that you don't know that Santa Claus isn't real. Uh, swimming under the ice yeah. sounds like the single most terrifying thing you can do. I'm I'm sure. Um, I believe it's sixty meters. About oh my that God. he. I didn't write out fifty nine meters. So I think scary, he did. man. Because not yeah. only is it freezing cold, it's dark and you yeah. can't see anything underneath, and you're yeah. trapped. You're trapped. Yeah. Under well, the ice. I I should say that pe- that I I assume I've seen video of this, not specifically Wim Hof, but when I've seen videos that other people do it, you do have a rope. That can, you know, you can follow back. Because if you had to find that hole in the ice, that would be that would be a scary journey. Yeah, no, no. I mean, that's um, that would just be stupid, I think. Yeah. I'm, I'm pretty sure you must have a rope. But still, rope or no rope? <laughs> still terrifying. Yeah, terrifying, terrifying. Um, but I, I do highly recommend that people watch the, the Vice documentary and indeed the Yes Theory um, video featuring Wim Hof because they are both uh, incredible. Like, um, he's got this training center um, in the mountains mm. on sort of the Czech-Polish border, um, which maybe we should go to, Nick, when, when COVID's yeah, all done. Yeah, I would done. love to, but that's it, definitely an ambition. He, um, the, in the video, they, they stripped down to their underwear and put on boots and then hiked up a mountain in about, you know, sort of a meter of snow. Mm. And it, it, it's just the most insane. And they're like, they sit under this waterfall with snow all around them. Uh, it's just insane. Um, yeah. So, so yeah, uh, you too can learn these superhuman feats, perhaps, if yeah. you um, engage in meditation and, and mindfulness. Um, but, of course, Wim Hof, Nick, is not the only meditator 
out there. There are some, some very famous um, meditators and it can impact our uh, emotional well-being as well as our physical well-being, which I think leads us to to what you want to talk about today, which is, if I'm not mistaken, The Art of Happiness by, by the Dalai Lama. No, right. Yeah, so I said I was going to talk about that. Not really ah. going to talk about that. Okay, but, I'm sorry um, for setting it up so well then. <laughs> no, that's okay. You did set it up very well. Well, the reason why I was going to talk about The Art of Happiness, which is a book by the Dalai Lama, um, written in collaboration with an author called, I think, Howard C. Cutler. Mm -hmm. um, that's very specific, so if I've gotten that wrong, I'm going to look really stupid, but I'm pretty sure it's Howard <laughs> C. Cutler. Uh, uh, well, actually, he interviews the Dalai Lama, basically, and okay. asks him all of these questions and writes his thoughts down, um, and that's what the book is. And in this book, the Dalai Lama essentially gives his take on what the meaning of life is and how to achieve it. And... Mm -hmm. um, in a very, very basic sense, he basically says that, you know, the purpose of life is to find happiness and that the means by which you um, uh, achieve happiness is to condition your mind to that. Um, and, and that that involves, you know, um, uh, nurturing the, the qualities of mind and emotion and self that lead to happy, happiness and to the feeling of happiness and, and um, to... Um, you know, get rid of wherever you can the opposite feelings, you know, so try not to cultivate envy and bitterness and jealousy, but rather compassion and, and care and, and joy and all of these other things. And um, uh, a, a large part of that method is one of reflection, is one of conscientious uh, thought uh, analysis, uh, a sense of awareness of one's own thoughts, which is why I wanted to sure. bring it up, because it fit under the um the space of um of meditation and um also given that this is a series on the mind well it also fit under the notion that um you know mindfulness is a movement uh, and meditation is a movement in the west that has really expanded um that i've i've seen grow in in my uh time of awareness for it you know um, but it's, yeah, definitely. it's been growing in popularity it seems since before we were born really but it's really exploded um in this 21st century and yeah, just so the last sort of six, bigger. seven years. Um, yeah. I think it's gotten, gotten huge since then. Yeah. In fact, brought, I think brought up in the last episode that uh, a, a lecture of mine certainly attributed it to a report that was released in, in 2015 in, in uh, Westminster. Mm. Though uh, I, I expressed my scepticism then as I do now that the uh, Britain had the soft power to, to launch a global mindfulness movement in that sense. But, yeah. but certainly yeah. around that I'm time. Not sure about all that. Not sure about all that. But all um, that to say saying. that um, with this increase in popularity, there is also an increase in um, the study of mindfulness mm. by um, uh, scientists, scientists of the brain, uh, who in their laboratories... Uh, <laughs> why, why did you say it like I that? I don't know. It's, just, I, it's just something ominous about brain scientists. And <laughs> Fran, who was on last week, was a brain scientist, and she was lovely. There was she nothing was ominous lovely. about that. She was very lovely. Yeah, I don't know. I just, I'm thinking of, like, Dr. Doofenshmirtz uh, from Phineas and Ferb. But anyway. Okay, um, right. Thanks. No, thank you for indulging this. But <laughs> to get <laughs> to my point. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay. <laughs> Scientists have been evaluating the impact of um, mindful meditative practice on the brain. And what they have noticed is that meditation 
triggers certain aspects of the brain, right? Certain mm -hmm. uh, functions of the brain. Um, uh, notably, whatever happens, and really it's anyone's guess, in the amygdala, you know? <laughs> right. <laughs> and they've also noticed that over um, long-standing periods of time, that continued meditation leads to a change in the brain activity of subjects um, whilst they're not engaged in the practice of meditation. So there is concrete evidence for meditation um, as a practice, triggering and inciting certain aspects of your brain in the same way doing mathematics works on certain elements of your brain. Um, mm -hmm. and, and for those parts of your brain to be better drilled, rehearsed, like you said, kind of worked out, such that you know, they're, they're more proactive even when you're not exercising them. Um, and in the case of mathematics, that may not necessarily be therapeutic, although it might be for some people. But um, with meditation, um, you might be, uh, you know, uh, dealing with certain, um, you know, emotional centers um, and receptors and, and um, um, you know, the, the like, such that the outcome of um, consistent meditation can actually be therapeutic in that it can decrease conditions like depression, for instance. Um, according to the article um, that I read most recently on this um, from <laughs> the Harvard Gazette, which is like, um, I suppose, like the, <laughs> the shitty town paper <laughs> for the illustrious name, um, but where they, I guess, take note of the research being done. Um, it is official news from Harvard University. Is it actually? It, yeah, it's published by the university. It's it's their like press release website, basically. Uh, okay, well there you go. So that is legitimate. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay, cool. Because well, Harvard isn't isn't like a town. It's in it's in Cambridge, Massachusetts. Yeah. Well, that's why I assumed there was just a paper <laughs> that started oh. up <laughs> and decided to call itself the Harvard Gazette. But um, so it's it's off topic. But I just wanted to check. I I once read a paper where um the the guy was actually writing from Harvard, I believe, and he right. referred to Harvard as the Lesser Cambridge, which I thought wow. was hilarious. Yeah. Why then? Yeah. Oh well. Did quite the diss track in in academic discourse. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The academic world is still reeling over the fact. <laughs> <laughs> Well, anyway, um, what I wanted to say is that um, this specific article, which I will link in the show notes, um, basically arrives at the conclusion um, that that although um, um, the 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 practice of meditation seems to have therapeutic effects, it doesn't necessarily seem to be better or worse than like other methods which are known to treat these conditions, like medication. Interesting. Right. So, um, uh, did it did it mention whether it was uh, more appropriate or less appropriate in a given scenario? Or uh, no, it wasn't. It wasn't that specific. But it did link the study. I just didn't. I just didn't read the study itself. I read the article. Well, that's 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 fair. I think that uh, it's yeah. probably full of neuroscience. But it, words, so like I will read you. Um, um, I will read you. Um, uh, a couple of articles from the study. Um, right. in order to explain to you a little bit uh, what I mean by sort of meditation and mindfulness as a practice. Mm -hmm. um, and what they refer to this is mindfulness-based uh, mindfulness cognitive therapy, MBCT for short. Right. Um, and so, so here they say, during the scans, participants complete two tests 
one that encourages them to become more aware of their bodies by focusing on their heartbeats, an exercise directly related to mindfulness meditation, and the other asking them to reflect on phrases common in the self-chatter of depressed patients, such as, I am such a loser, or I can't go on. Nothing funny about that. After a series of such comments... No, no. But making people say it, is, there is something slightly amusing about it. Yeah, slightly, slightly but, amusing. Um, yeah. Um, after a series of such comments, the participants are asked to stop ruminating on the phrases and the thoughts they trigger. Researchers then measure how quickly subjects can disengage from negative thoughts, typically a difficult uh-huh. task for the depressed. Right. Right. And um, uh, and then the next piece that I wanted to read to you is that... Um, uh, oh, yeah. Uh, so, Debord, who is the um, lead scientist for this, said she wants to test one prevalent hypothesis about how MBCT works in depressed patients, that the training boosts body awareness in the moment called interoception or in layman's terms mindfulness which by focusing their attention on the here and now arms participants to break the cycle of self-rumination okay all right so um in essence a a a practical approach to uh tackling um uh depression and things like that which are um associated or defined at least in part as processes where you stay hung up on certain thoughts, where you obsess over certain ideas and values. Meditation allows you um, to help break the patterns of your thinking processes by allowing you to return to the here and now rather than continually watching yourself go back through that cycle of thoughts that ultimately leads to these uh, self-hating and self-destructive comments. So the, so the, the study found in essence that, that yes, m- mindfulness does help uh, in cases of depression break out of these these cycles right like get away from the the sort of destructive thoughts and, yeah. and towards the sort of more more sort of stable baseline yeah yeah right um good interesting but, sounds sounds like something we should all be doing then yeah and that but there is also for instance the control group underwent muscle relaxation tra- training and depression education instead of like this practical application okay right um, um right and said that it's whilst it's possible that the patients in the control part of the study also had reduced depressive symptoms de board said that it occurred via different mechanisms in the brain right so um oh interesting so so that perhaps suggests that by by doing these things in in conjunction with one another then that might be even more possibly, effective possibly yeah right but so maybe it's not the be all end all but certainly an application for it um and uh and yeah i think what's interesting is that if we think of meditation as something which we can um you know you know obviously it's maybe maybe it goes against some of the religious values that meditation has and its applications and and so you know you want to be uh, respectful of tradition in that sense but maybe there is something to be said for you know um meditation having a function insofar as we're we're able Mm -hmm. to put that across and if we choose to um you know, not to set objectives exactly, but to direct our meditation towards certain thoughts or certain aspects, like building a sense of compassion by allowing ourselves to be more mindful and to um, take stock of where our mental headspace is at and to voluntarily choose not to keep ruminating on certain thoughts and allow other thoughts in our mind headspace to flourish. Well, then we could be said to, in effect, be 
um, using meditation to change our minds. And uh, as we established with Fran last week, that that necessarily also means um, igniting and working with and through different aspects of the brain as well. Um, yeah. and, and ultimately through repeated use, um, uh, yeah, changing, changing that structure, you know, creating densities in certain places or thinning out, thinning out spaces in the brain elsewhere. Yeah, I I think there's definitely something to that, and um, to I mean to that end, you say about how this could, you know, you, you perhaps it, it's worth considering the religious aspects of of meditation, um, and I I think that maybe that there are two different things: meditating for religious purposes and, and meditating for, um, sort of mental soundness, and um, I, I mentioned this on the on the last episode we did on meditation, but I do think it bears repeating. That I met a man in in Nepal who was a mountain guide, but had previously been a monk, as is quite common mm. for young Nepali men spending some time in a monastery. And um, he he loved the current trend towards mindfulness because he maintained that Buddhism. He was a, he was a Buddhist himself, but he said, you know, Buddhism isn't a religion; it's a science. And now Western science is sort of confirming this through all the the recent awesome. interest and experiments in in mindfulness. Um, so he explicitly viewed it as like. Yeah, it's just it, it's the it's how to be well and how to be happy is is it's a science of it basically. Um, awesome. So I think that's that's worth worth keeping in mind uh, as mm. you go about your day. And I think it's also perhaps worth worth bringing up that that you know the the benefits these have in terms of, of being well. Um, at, me- meditation is great for for this training, uh, but it 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 doesn't have to be like because uh, uh, I think that. I think part of the problem, like Headspace is a very popular app, as we talked about, and we, we there's a lot of room to go into it more there. But Headspace does a thing with streaks, and I personally find it quite demoralizing when I break a streak, and um, and like I'm like, oh, I have to start again. What's the point even? But I do think that it's it's that old chestnut of getting back on the wagon. Like, yeah, little is better than none, right? Um, Agreed. So just Agreed. as and when as and when people can, I yeah. think is is really beneficial. So I am going to put this out there. I know you said we maybe shouldn't go into this topic, but yeah, headspace. Let's go into it. I'm disappointed in you. <laughs> I'm disappointed into the corporate behemoth that you've become. Yeah, that's all I have to say. It's hang on. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna Google now. Andy Puddicum net worth. <laughs> it's an interesting marriage. Marriage, gone. Uh, so, uh, well, there's a BBC article from September first. 2019 so this is before they got a, a netflix show and before they they, they sort of got all of these. they have a podcast network now if you want us on we're definitely interested yeah. um i'm sorry headspace i love you, I love you. <laughs> but apparently um the app has revenues of a hundred million dollars and uh, the bbc article has pictures of their headquarters in los angeles and it looks amazing frankly yeah well i'm not surprised by that yeah. Um, well, so yeah, no, become, I, I... become a monk. It'll make you rich. <laughs> In a very indirect way. <laughs> yeah, but that's an interesting one. No, I mean, you know, let's not, um, not to rail on them too much, but I've certainly noticed... Because we do want to be a part of their network if they'll have yes, us. Yes, yes. If they want to sign us, we will take some of that money. <laughs> Happily. No qualms. <laughs> it's easy to hold morals when they do not put a hundred million in front of you. <laughs> <laughs> no, but your 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 point, Nick. Values are subject to change. <laughs> that wasn't the point I thought you were going to make. <laughs> no, but okay. No, the point I was going to make is that um, yeah, well, to build on what you were saying about like the streak thing, right? Is that um, it's weird and kind of ironic that like 
I go to the Headspace app and feel like it's a bit anxiety-inducing, decluttering, because it's like sort your whole life out and like Kevin Hart and like celebrity endorsements. And like there's all these different things you can do and it's like so much to navigate. I don't even really know where everything is anymore. And now they have a Netflix show and it's just like, it's just a lot, man. I just wish it was just a simple meditation app that I could just go back to for 10 minutes and just do a thing. You know. Maybe we should maybe we should start a meditation app, Nick. Maybe just we does should. one minimalist meditation. It does one thing. Yeah, maybe we should. No money. That'd be stupid, wouldn't it? What if it were super successful? <laughs> it's fine. We just charge we made... charge a dollar per download and hope that we get a billion downloads. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Well, worth considering. <laughs> but, um, maybe off air. <laughs> yes maybe off air um and uh I-, I think that that might be a good time for us to start start bringing it in unless you have further research yeah, you no, wish uh, to share with me I, and um, the listeners i just um leave it at that i mean we 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 you know we covered we covered a fair bit uh, we we already have that first episode which um we kind of yep. summarized a little bit and which you can go check out and and um obviously we tried to give a little introduction to wim hof friend of the show eventually we're hoping friend wim of the hof, show if you happen to be listening if anyone who knows wim hof happens to be listening we would like to extend a formal invitation <laughs> free of charge free yep. of charge Yep, if you if Wim Hof, if you would like to come on our podcast, or indeed Andy Puddicombe, if you would like to come on our podcast, um, all both both very very welcome to uh, to join yeah. us here at, at the same at, time at Good Life like. Industries. Oh, dude, dude, what a podcast that would be! be I think yeah. we would have to leave, but a, po- a podcast with yeah. Andy Puddicombe and Wim yeah, Hof would be amazing. Need to be here, but yeah. we- <laughs> someone would have to edit the footage. <laughs> That's where we definitely come true, but um, no, um, yeah, that's that's it from me, really. Great. I, well, I think just to summarize, I think it's fairly self-explanatory how this how this plays into the good life. But uh, meditation it can it can help with your your physical, mental, and, and emotional well being. Yeah, yeah. Um, Whether to prepare e- your body for extreme activities, <laughs> um, just to put yourself back in the moment, uh, to teach yourself to curate your thinking space a little bit, and ultimately have a beneficial impact on your physical brain matter as well. Um, or whether for spiritual purposes that we have not discussed and are staying away from, because there is unqualified, but there are degrees to unqualified. <laughs> yeah, and also uh, in in two seasons' time, season five, that's going to be on spirit. So maybe yeah. we'll cover it then. Yeah. Okay. Cool. I shouldn't have said that. We we're unqualified. <laughs> but... <laughs> um, wow. Okay. Great. Um, Nick, do you have any any announcements you'd like to announce? No, not really, actually. I'm, um, no, I will eventually release music. I'm just, I'm just taking my time. You're biding your time. You're biding your time. Get waiting for the right right. moment. Launching the market. Exactly. It's all about, it's all a matter of time and a matter of timing. So. Is that, is that a Nick Schmale original? There's some, well, it, it, I'm taking it (laughs) until someone takes it away from me. I'm claiming it. 
Um, great. Okay, in that case, I would like to say, um, if you want to get in touch with us about anything we've said on this show or anything else, things we should talk about in the future, you can reach us um, at newbehemianmagazine at gmail.com. Yes, that is a different project. We're working on it. Or you can reach us on Instagram at goodlifecast or leave a comment on um, on this YouTube video, even uh, as it will be released too. That's uh, an unqualified guide to the good life on YouTube, where I will... Um, sometime in the next few days be releasing a new video about my my hunt for a wild muntyak in um oxford um <laughs> no uh, questions asked no questions asked no answered offered um and if you yes also visit uh, the new bohemian magazine that's that's uh, which we run with our a uh, good friend sam rebel um he's posted a fantastic article about um, a recent spate of arrests in in hong kong um you can find that at lanuhebohem.com um and uh, that's all from me nick um do you have uh, something with which i can cleanse my palate yes um I, I do. So, Adam, now yeah. I've told you about this, but pretend like I haven't. Okay. I stumbled across this website um, with a domain name, www.tree.fm. Oh, this is amazing. And, I mean, and, I've just heard about this. Sounds intriguing. And, <laughs> well, I mean, it's, it's, I mean, that is an exciting name, Adam, but hold your horses. Because <laughs> this is a website, right, where you can choose to listen to real forest sounds that people have contributed uh, sort of like the Wikipedia of forest sounds, an encyclopedia of forest sounds. Basically, if you go on www.tree.fm, it'll take you to this homepage and the sounds of any forest in the world that are so far been recorded and uploaded to this app will start playing for you and then you can randomize click and then you'll be like okay this particular forest in colombia or this forest in brazil or that forest in uganda and you could just go and just listen to the sounds of different forests it's extremely therapeutic so it sort of fits into the conversation we're having today um and you can also upload your own forest sounds if you would like to um and the other two things that i will say about this is that um I hope I'm pronouncing this right, but um, it takes inspiration from the Japanese concept of Shinrin-yoku, uh, which is known as forest bathing, or which maybe you, Adam, as an anthropologist, if you're not already familiar with that, will know as like ecotherapy, mm-hmm. um, which is like the Japanese word and concept for the practice of therapy that entails immersing oneself in nature. So if you're having an overwhelming moment and you need to declutter, go just listen to forest sounds and just chill out. It's extremely relaxing. Um, they're also partnered with Ecosia, who I believe have a search engine. Um, they do plant trees, um, where you can pay uh, for Ecosia to plant trees. You can give Ecosia money, and they will plant trees for you, um, uh, w- either with the objective of fighting climate change, um, reinstalling wildlife ecosystems, or for food, like like mango trees for humans. You know, it's worth saying that you don't have to pay Ecosia. Like just using their search engine, that portion right, of their revenues right. goes oh, to okay. trees. Well, the, the agreement that they have with uh, Tree.fm is um, one where they accept donations gratefully. Okay, cool. Um, that's that's and then wonderful. And you can cater your project to specific needs, and then you can be a tree sponsor, a tree parent. So that's wonderful. yeah, the wonderful life of trees. Amazing. I'm a big fan. Thank mm. you for bringing this to me, and indeed to our our listeners. Yeah, you're welcome. This is uh, for me my personal best fun fact. <laughs> it's a good I've one peaked. it's a good one I've this is peaked. a fantastic website um and uh and forest bathing is, is fascinating as well 
um i recommend it like lowers cortisol stress all of that anyway we will we will move on because we are we are barreling towards the one hour mark and we try not to do that um really that's crazy nah we're at like 48 minutes but you know how it goes um so i also have a fun fact nick please tell me and takes a bit of an explanation but it is worth it um so you you're you're in switzerland i am in um the uk at the moment these are two uh european countries which have rejected that staple of europe the euro (laughs) however however on the euro on the banknotes there are seven different banknotes offered five ten twenty fifty hundred two hundred um there are pictures of european bridges right now these aren't specific european bridges because when the euro was introduced there were seven banknotes 19 countries didn't want to show favorites um so they were just images of bridges that were in the style of european bridges at different time periods roman classical that sort of thing so they're fictional bridges on these banknotes that is until 2014 when the dutch town of uh what is the dutch town called <laughs> so the much dutch momentum t- i know i ruined it the dutch town of speichenisse um decided to build all of these bridges um, that was from from Dutch designer Robin Stamp. So now, if you go to Spijkenesse across their canals and rivers, you can find all of the bridges that are on European banknotes. Hmm, and that is interesting. Um, and and you know it's mostly a tourist thing, so you can take photos with the note in that picture. But also, all the bridges on the European notes can now be claimed by the Netherlands. Bola. Yeah. The Dutch, man, they got some cool things going on. They got Wim Hof, although they did just make weed illegal for tourists, which is upsetting. Did they really? I hear. So I hear. So I hear. Hypothetically annoying. So I hear. (laughs) Shit. (laughs) I thought that that was non-EU tourists, so I hear. Mm, That would be nice. Hypothetically speaking. Which, which, by the way, we both are. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, no, you're German by nationality, so you're all good. Um, Yes. You're Get- Swiss and British, so yeah, I know. No it's luck annoying. there. No luck there. Oh well. Another cheerful note. <laughs> <laughs> oh wow! What an episode! Thanks for sticking with us, dear listener. And with love and rage, we'll see you next time. Goodbye. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs>